0: Good morning. I was looking right at the lights when they came up, so that was a bad idea by me. So I saw—so tempted to make a Reds joke, but I'm not gonna. So I saw that the—they do it by themselves. So I saw that the world uh, champion—the world champion at tongue twisters—got arrested yesterday. Uh, I've heard they're going to give him a very tough sentence. There you go. Okay. Hey, I'm allowed to have bad ones. It's fine. So we are still in the I Am series, Uh, and and in this series, it's about who God is, uh, who he is to us, who he is to everyone, who we can be through him. And and so each week, we're going to talk about something like that, and and this week, I want to talk from the perspective of the God of all time, the God of every time, the God of every moment. Uh, Side story, when I was coming up with the, the title slide, I had this image in my head. And I couldn't shake, like I wanted to do always and forever, and I couldn't shake the hourglass. And like I had this font, and I was working at it, and I realized I was recreating the Days of Our Lives logo. (laughs) And so, so I changed it real quick. Uh, But I'm going to read from uh, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 13. And so just with the first verse first. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. So time's tough. Time is a really hard thing for us to grasp. Uh, Part of it is we get stuck on on the down times, or we get stuck on what's right in front of us, or we get stuck on what's coming up. Sometimes we'll have something big or something bad or something hard uh, on the horizon, and that's all we can think about, and it affects everything else. Uh, I know that for me, if even something small kind of goes wrong... I get that in my head, and I start to think, well, everything's going to start to go wrong. A- and so I try to shake that, and I pray, and I do all of these things. But with time, it's such a difficult thing to grasp. A- and also, it's relative. And I'm not going to get into like a science thing, but it's relative. And so I have a picture of uh, the most beautiful toddler in the world. <laughs> so these two pictures are three years apart. And this is Beatrice, my niece. Uh, and. I remember so clearly each of these days. The second one, she has my keys around her neck and we were playing at the park and blowing bubbles and doing stuff, and she's like a three-year-old, she's like a person. And in the first one, she's a baby, so still a person, but a baby. But to me, I see these two pictures, and they're like, I blinked. It's like a second apart. It's just like, she was a baby, and then she's three, and then she's gonna be in college, like it's nuts. And I know that there are parents here who are like, yeah, that's right. Uh, but, but it's so crazy. But for her, this is literally a lifetime. Like it probably, I don't know how much she comprehends all this, but it feels like her entire life, obviously, was over the span of those three years. So that's how it's relative. Like if we look at it one way, it's like, man, it's going so quick. And I've heard it said that the older you get, the faster time seems to go. But, but for her... Everything is so major, like everything she learns, everything she does, everything she hears, everything that she goes through is like the biggest thing in the world because it's it's this short view of time. And so for all of us to remember that God is in control and that God is, is there for every moment, we know that, and that's why we're here. But it can still be so hard because it feels like it's going so fast, or it feels sometimes like it's going so slow, like maybe it's almost lunchtime and the pastor's still talking or something, just as a (laughs) sample example. Uh, I want to go to verse 2. So, this is the heart of it, and you guys have probably heard this scripture before, either through the Bible or through a carpenter's song. Um, I think it's the carpenters, I don't know music. A time to be born and a time to die A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. So I separated that from the rest of it because I'm an English major. And so sometimes I will go into these things where I read and it's so beautiful and powerful. Now, obviously the Bible is, is what we learn about God from and it's our, our, our way to become better people and better Christians, but it's also beautifully written. And so in that that I just read, a time is repeated over and over and over again. It's a time to, a time to, a time to. And so it starts to feel oppressive, kind of like life can start to feel oppressive because sometimes things repeat or sometimes we're not ready for things or sometimes we don't expect things or sometimes we expect things too much or we have a different view on things. And so it can start to feel oppressive. And also there's a bad for each good uh, on this that I just listed, kind of like how life has ups and downs. And so it's such a beautiful look at what a timeline looks like. Now, I have never preached from the scripture before, because I've always had kind of a weird relationship with the scripture. For one, the song, but for two, uh, it, 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 there are some of them that I'm like, a time to kill, like how, how can that possibly be? Is Solomon saying that there's a certain time where we go and kill people? no. For one, uh, the Hebrew word that's used there is not the same as murder. It's kind of like a more natural thing or a more nature type thing. But for two, this is kind of like looking at a full timeline of life. So that's how God sees us. Uh, One of the things, and I'm not gonna get super theological, but there's different theological debates about predestination versus free will and all of these things. And so we believe in free will but we also believe that God knows everything about us and he sees what we're going to do and he knows what we're going to do and that can be a confusing concept, but it's kind of like this. Like he sees all all of our time and here is the commercial break, but no, he sees all of our times uh, at once. He sees our entire life laid out before us at once because time is a human thing. Like he created time for us. It's not an eternal thing. And so he sees everything laid out. It's kind of like uh, if you've got a movie that you love, just a a movie that you have seen a million times. Like, you know everything that's going to happen. You've seen that scene. Uh, Let's, for argument's sake, Spider-Man No Way Home. And so you've seen it so many times that you just know it by heart. You know each line. You know each word. You know each beat. You know exactly when it's going to turn because you've seen it all. And so God sees our lives as a timeline, as this scripture, all laid out. Like, he's already seen everything that's going to happen. Now, we have free will in these moments, but he's seen it. Now, here is the cool thing. He has seen your entire life. He's seen every second. He's seen every moment. He's seen your good. He's seen your bad. He's seen your mistakes. He's seen your good choices, your bad choices. He's seen your heartaches. He's seen your victories. He's seen everything. And he still loves us completely. That is so awesome, and that is who God is. He loves us no matter what. Imagine if you could see everything someone else did. Like, let's just say that uh, I brought Sean up here, and I had a, a, a highlight reel of every single moment in his life, not just to now, but for, like for the next 75 years. And it's every single moment of his life. And maybe once in those 75 years, he's celebrating a Reds victory. Not a World Series, but a victory. And you see it. Now, some of us would see like we would focus on the negative. Sean would probably see it and be like, oh, I don't want people to see that. Or, you know, we'd all have that. We'd all have that. And yet God sees that with all of us. And he focuses on who we are. He loves us through all of it. He is, because he can see every moment of our lives, he's present in every moment of our lives. Always and forever, he is there. It's so amazing and so powerful. It's one of the things we don't really think about because it's so crazy. But he still loves us. He still is there. Now, for us, like I said, we would get stuck on the lowlights or we get stuck on the downtimes and we can't think past it. Uh, Maybe we're going through something financial or maybe going through something personal or something, like I said, is coming up and it's like I cannot imagine how I'm going to get through this. Maybe it's a loss. A sudden loss or, or something, whether it's a person or a thing or a job or or, or an idea. Just something that you've lost that just tears at you. And you think, how can I get through this? But God sees us. And he knows that we have gotten through it, that we will get through it. Because we focus on him and we work through him. Now for us, that's such a hard concept to grasp because we're in we're in the trenches. Like we're right here. But he has already seen the next up. He has already seen the roller coaster rise again. He's already seen the elevator go to the top floor, whatever metaphor you want to use. He's already seen it. And he's so faithful that he still loves us through that. He's not like, guys, come on. You've already had this down. You've already gone through this. You should know better. No, he's like, I love you. Just look to me and talk to me because I am here. Every single moment of your life, I am here. When you're a newborn, I am here. When you're three, I am here. When you're getting ready for college, I am here. When you're home from college, I am here. When you're an adult, I am here. I am here in every single moment, and I love you completely. And it's such a powerful, powerful statement. And God is calling to talk about it right now. (laughs) Because he is here in every single moment for us. We can only see what we are doing, or we can only focus on what's behind, but we need to trust God. There's a quote that I have, uh, and I really like this quote. Life teaches us to make good use of time, while time teaches us the value of life. So the more we live, the more we kind of understand how to live, and the more we live, the more we understand that time is just Trekking, like I said, uh, the older you get, kind of it seems like the faster you get. The faster time gets, not the faster you get, it's the opposite. The faster time gets. And so we learn the value of time. We learn the value of what we're doing. We learn the value of, of priorities. But then because of time, we learn the value of life. And we learn the value of how important it is to be there for people, to be there with people, to be there and show love. And it's, it's this crazy thing because we get to a certain age and we understand so much and we feel like we don't have as much time left to enjoy it. Whereas at another age, like a younger age, it's like we don't understand quite as much, but we have so much time. And in a way, it seems kind of reversed by how it is, but God is there in each of those moments, teaching us and helping us to learn and helping us to understand that that, that the lesson is that he never goes away. So at the beginning of COVID, it's a weird transition, but I promise I'm going somewhere. At the beginning of COVID, when they had the lockdown stuff and we're all at home and, and nobody can go out and... You're not surrounded by people, and it was the highlight of my life, and all of these things. Uh, I remember so many people, and a lot of them were celebrities, but some of them were, were other figures. A lot of people were like, hey, if you were ever going to write that book, or you were ever going to make that movie, or you were ever going to do this creative thing, now's the time. And you got to push through, and you got to do this. you got to take this time and use it. And, and that's, you know, decent advice. But for some of us, That was literally the first time in our lives that time kind of was not moving so quickly we couldn't move. Like for some of us, it was the first time that we could stop and breathe. For some of us, it was the first time that that we actually had a chance to kind of focus. For others, it was really hard. And we needed that time to heal and to pray and, and to just learn who we were. And so the point of that is no one can define what the best use of your time is but you. And we define that through God. So it's awesome to think, hey, I've got some time. I'm going to do all of these crazy things or all these chores or blah, blah, blah. That's cool. But maybe the best use of your time in that moment is just to pray with somebody or just to pray with yourself or, or just to sit Just to rest. Maybe you're going so fast, a mile a minute, and you just never get a chance to enjoy time. You never get a chance to talk to your family, to talk to your friends. You never get a chance to just talk to yourself. I do that all the time. (laughs) Scary parts when I answer, but it still works. But to reflect, to learn who we are, and more importantly, to learn who God is. But we get caught up in, I've got to do this because, I've got to do this because. And I'm not saying not to accomplish things, because that's good, have goals, have dreams. But also remember that part of enjoying time, part of enjoying life, part of enjoying God's creation is being a part of that and taking time. And you're not wasting time if you're just sitting there listening to music or you're just sitting there talking to someone or you're just sitting there laughing. Hopefully laughing at something, not just sitting there laughing. But you're not just wasting time then. Because you're still alive. And as I've said, as long as you're alive, there's hope. And so we keep growing and we keep learning and we keep focusing on God. I'm going to go to the next part here. This is verse 9. What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy themselves, ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are the gifts from God. So Solomon can get a little dark at times. And actually, if you look at the full scope of Solomon's life, he didn't end very well. But he says something that is very true. And for me and for some people, it's very hard to grasp. But God made everything beautiful in its time. That means everything. And that means everyone. That means every moment exists for a reason. And again, that doesn't mean that you have to accomplish something in every moment. It means that God made every moment for us to grow, to learn, to hope, to heal. And everything is beautiful. And it's hard to find beauty in some things, but one of the songs Sean sang, which was beautiful, all of them were beautiful, but that he takes what the enemy meant for evil and turns it for good. And so I think we could all think of very negative things in our life that somehow good sprang from it. That doesn't mean that the negative thing, the tragedy, was good, but it means that God was able to bring good from it. It means that God was able to heal us from it. It means that God was able to bring victory from the jaws of defeat. It means that God was there. And it says, in its time. So think about nature. Think about the world. Think about the stars. Think about all of these things that uh, exist only in this time. I heard something uh, scientific, and it's, I don't remember the numbers, so it's going to be kind of a weird statement, but it's still true. So the distance of the moon to the sun and the distance of the moon to the earth, and the distance of the earth to the sun is the exact right distance to the millifoot, I made that up, to like the, the inch, to the centimeter, to the millimeter for life to exist. That's nuts. Like that is perfection. It, like if, if any of those three bodies of space were, were off by like an inch, There's no life. God is so amazing. And if he planned things like that, imagine how your life works out. Imagine how you work out. Imagine what it's like. And so that's so amazing to think about that beauty, to think about in its time. And like Solomon says, we can't see the full scope for us. I think sometimes it would be a little easier. There are some situations where it would be a little easier if we could see how things worked out. Or we could see how our plan works out or what our plan for our life is or what's going to happen. But there are other times where that would make it harder. Because there would be all of this pressure on us. And we would get in a rush. And we'd be like, well, this is going to happen in 20 years. i got to push it now. But we cannot see that. However, it is there. And the other thing that is there is eternity. God put eternity in the human heart. He gave us this chance for an eternity without time. One day, we're not going to have time because in heaven, there's no time. That's not a, again, like I said, that's a human thing. And so we have eternity in our hearts. We have this longing for more. We have this longing for completion. We have this longing for connection. We have this longing for heaven. And God sees our lives and sees our value, and gave us that hope to reach for, gave us that hope in darkness, gave us that hope in the hard times. I've always struggled with this last part of the scripture, too. Because for me, I was raised very sacrificial, and very Nazarene, and Christian, and all of those things are good, and Jesus says to sacrifice. But when I read, like, hey, just enjoy life. Like, that's kind of hard for me. And that's because by nature, for myself, I'm very pessimistic. For other people, I'm very optimistic. And so it's hard to like enjoy these moments. And so that was always very hard for me. But one of the great things about the Bible, and I'm promoting the Bible today. You should check it out. <laughs> is the full course of the Bible is so amazing that God had this plan. And again, he saw the full outside, the full timeline of time where what he gave Moses to write, what he gave Solomon to write, matched up with Paul, matched up with with Peter. And it's so amazing as you read through the whole Bible how everything matches together when there's no way that Solomon, for example, could have had any idea what Paul was going to know or that Paul was going to exist. But God did because God sees the full outstretch of everything. And so you take the end of the Ecclesiastes and I jump to, uh, for clarity and context, for peace, I jump to Romans 12, one through two. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So Solomon and Paul, in some ways, they could not be more different. Solomon started out as just a strong God follower. And he prayed for wisdom. And he did everything he could to show that wisdom. But as he went, he allowed other things and desires to corrupt him. And he fell away. Paul was kind of the opposite. He started out being corrupted by other desires and by just this entrenched anger. And then he got closer and closer to Jesus, and he became, you know, one of the great figures of Christianity. And yet, together, their writings are so amazing. And so reading Solomon's, where he says, you know, enjoy every moment and blah, 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 it's a nice thing, but it can seem kind of selfish from a human perspective. But when we go to Paul, what he says here, we remember that as Christians, we are transformed. And the way that we think begins to be transformed. And we often take this scripture from Romans and just focus on, well, you know, don't conform to the world in terms of sin. And yes, that's true. But it's also change your mindset from the world's mindset in terms of stepping on the little guy to get up. In terms of winning at all costs. In terms of selfishness. In terms of greed. In terms of no one else matters. In terms of get yours first and then let everybody else figure it out. That's the world's mindset. But our mindset begins to transform into Jesus's, which is help others. And I've said it before, but joy is Jesus, others, you. And then we learn that enjoying life, it's not just having fun, and you should have fun, you should enjoy life, you should do the things that you like. But it's also helping other people. The people in the photos for the mission trip, they were enjoying life while doing good work. Helping other people, praying for other people, being an example, being transformed inside, which leads to being transformed out. And understanding that, that a life of judgment and anger and selfishness, and greed and hatred, that's not the right way. And that is a waste of time. But a life of hope and peace and trying to do better and helping other people and learning and growing, that is the way to really enjoy your time, to really enjoy your world, to really enjoy everything in your life. And both Solomon and Paul remind us of what God has done for us. They remind us that God created time for us, created nature for us, created the world for us, created everything in our lives for us to give us this chance. And so we live as a living, a living sacrifice, which means that it's an ongoing sacrifice, that we live for him, that we live to show him, that we live as an example of him, with how we spend our time, with how we set our goals, still have dreams, still have hope, still have fun. But we have God at the core of all of that because he is at the core of all of that because he sees all of our time. But sometimes it's still so hard, because all we can do is look back at our mistakes, or all we can do is focus on the bad thing right now, or there's an ending of something. And we're like, man, what am I going to do now? How is this going to go? I have one more quote, and this is from, like Paul, Mr. Rogers. Often, when you think you're at the end of something, you're at the beginning of something else. And I love that quote. And it's so hard to grasp, but it's so true. And I've talked before about Mr. Rogers' life and how he had this plan. His life was planned out to be a pastor. And he went to seminary, but he came home for a weekend, and there's a TV, and he felt God telling him to go a certain way. Now, the only time That Mr. Rogers could be alive at the same time that a TV was alive is at that time in history. If he were alive 20 years before, he's going to be a pastor. And that's fine. He would have been an amazing pastor, I bet. But think about how many children's lives he touched because he was alive at exactly that time. And he had no control over that, but God did. You are alive at this time for a reason. You are in this moment for a reason. I have no idea what it is. But even if you feel like you're not, even if you feel like everything's ending, even if you feel like everything's falling apart, it may just be to prepare you for what's next, for the beginning of something else, for the opening of a window. It may just be because... You are in that moment, like Mr. Rogers was in that moment, to transform your life and to help others. You have time. No one knows how much. But God has given us this gift to share that time with other people, to share that example with other people, to share our hearts, to reflect, to heal, to love. There's a time for everything. And God is in control of every single moment. And so that frees us up to let go of that control and to live as we were meant to live in his name. That's all I got. said this before often when we preach part of the people we are preaching to is ourselves and there are few things I struggle with more than worrying about time and it can be very hard to give up that need for control And it can be very hard to understand that even when it feels like nothing is moving forward, God is there. And even in the holding patterns, something is happening. After, well, I was raised by my great-grandmother, and so happy Mother's Day to her and to my mom. But, My great-grandma, as I got out of college, had Alzheimer's. And so one of the side effects or the causes or something, one of the consequences, is she would kind of see me at different stages at the same time. So like I remember very clearly she would ask me, she would say, Jeff, which is my name. Hi. And she would say, where's little Jeff? Because she was picturing like the little guy that she brought in, and she would be very confused because all of her time was running together, and then as it got worse, she started to lose even that, and it was hard for her, obviously, but for me, for us, but still, as I look back now, I see that when she finally passed, she was 93 years old. So even though it got really hard from probably 85 on, she really was able to go 90 years of, you know, mental acuity. And then just a couple of weeks ago, I found out one of my friends from college, who is my age, and as much as I joke about my age, I'm still fairly young. Uh, had early onset of the same thing, Alzheimer's. And he has two daughters and a wife, and I just cannot stop thinking about that. And I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm not saying, hey, watch out. I'm not saying you better take advantage of your time or blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying that we have no idea how much time we have. And so it's so important to give every second to God. Again, to enjoy your life, to have friends, to have fun, to watch TV, to go to Marvel movies, all of these things. And to stay till after the credits. But to do all of these things. But to focus on growing in God, on helping other people, on loving other people. To take advantage of the time that we have in so many ways. As I pray, Think about that. Think about what you need to forgive yourself of, to let go of. Think about what you need to let go of in terms of control. Think about how you can enjoy time better, whether it's by helping other people or by taking more devotion time or by reading the Bible, by praying, by by just taking a moment to yourself, whatever it is, think about that. And then commit to God that you're going to try. And remember That he has already seen your entire life. And he loves you completely and unconditionally and always and forever. Please bow your heads. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for bringing us together here today. I thank you so much for the time that you have given us. I thank you so much for the chance you have given us to just share you to share in your creation, to share in your love, to share in your hope. I thank you so much for giving us this service, for giving us this moment. And I ask that you help us to truly accept your love, to understand that no matter how we see ourselves, you see us with eyes of love, to to understand that no matter how much we think about our past mistakes, that you've already seen our future victories and help us to remember that you are there every second of the day, every moment of the day, that you are with us all of the time and help us to take that and go out with assurance, to go out with peace, to go out with hope, to go out with you. Please be with everyone who may be struggling right now to let go of something. Help them to feel you holding them. Be with everyone who may be struggling with loss. Help them to feel you guiding them. Help everyone here to know that you are with them every second, even when we feel alone. Help us to then take that love, to take that assurance to everyone we meet. In your name we pray. Amen.